Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Jackamay, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Today, I want to talk about how to take a leave of absence from your business when you're self-employed. So most of what I'm going to be talking about is my experience taking a self-employed maternity leave in 2021 when my son was born. But really, the tips that I'm sharing today, they could apply for any leave of absence for any reason, medical reason, other personal reasons, or even if you need to slow down for a time in your business, maybe due to family constraints or medical problems, whatever it is, these tips will be very helpful for you. So when my first child was born, I was employed at the AG's office, and there were things that were easier about that situation, about being employed during my maternity leave, and other things uh, that I would say were, were much harder. What was easier was probably more the fact that it was my first pregnancy and I didn't have another child running around. Uh, But even though I had to be at the office five days a week, my days were very manageable. I had moved from a very high-volume court docket in New York to a very light docket in St. Louis. So I often got all of my work done early in the day, and sometimes I literally had nothing left to do, no more work left to do. I know that's probably not a very typical experience of a legal career, but there I was twiddling my thumbs some days, honestly, really wishing that I could leave, but I couldn't leave. I had to stay there until 5 o'clock. That's definitely something that I very much appreciate about entrepreneurship, that you are actually rewarded for your efficiency. But it did make my pregnancy a lot easier and not stressful. I also knew I was going to have a paid maternity leave with a combination of about six paid weeks that we got and then leave that I had saved up. However, I didn't have enough leave saved for all three months of FMLA to be paid. So that, of course, was a a bit of a stress. But I was also very stressed about whether I was going to come back from my maternity leave or not. I had pretty much planned not to, but I also, you know, wanted to wait and see how I felt once my child was here. And I had no plans of starting my own practice. So If I was going to stay home and not come back after work, after my maternity leave, I I didn't know what things would look like financially. We were okay for a while, but I didn't know how long um, that was going to last. So the future had a big question mark around it, and there was certainly a lot of stress around that. 
Now, the second time I took a maternity leave, I was self-employed and almost four years into my business. At that time, I had Brand Law Boutique, my IP firm, and Contractista, my contract template shop. Interestingly, Brand Law Boutique was created during my first maternity leave, and Contractista was created two years before my second maternity leave, in large part in preparation for a second maternity leave and adding a second child to our family. So that contract template shop is a digital download shop. I'm going to talk about more how that was really helpful um, financially and just taking the burden off of things when I stepped away from my business for a time when my son was born. So again, some of what I'm going to share with you, you can apply to taking a self-employed maternity leave or really any period of time where you want to step away from your business or substantially slow things down. Some of these tips really have the long term in mind and are things that you're going to benefit in general from as a business owner because, let's face it, we don't always know when we're going to have to slow down for medical reasons, personal reasons, etc. And then some of my other tips are things that I did right before going on leave and things that I wish I had done differently. Let's dive in. So tip number one, build up a great referral network. So what's the first thing that you're going to need to drop or want to drop when you have a new baby or you're dealing with a personal crisis of some sort, or you know, you're just in the mood for a two-month-long European summer holiday? That's going to be your marketing. If you are a service provider and you're not pausing work entirely, but you're just substantially pulling back, Chances are you are going to want to continue serving your clients or need to continue serving your clients for at least a few hours a week or a month. And perhaps you can outsource that, but someone needs to be doing that if you're going to be continuing client work. Now, you you may be able to pause that entirely, but if you're going to be doing any work, it's probably going to be client work. Now, if you've devoted your energy to building up a really strong referral network, then you can have the freedom to drop your marketing efforts for a time and still have new clients coming in. And maybe if you're pausing work completely, those prospective clients go on a wait list for when you return. Now, when I say wait list, that might mean simply that you have your automated onboarding process where clients can book a consultation with you. But during this time, they can't book a consultation for, let's say, two months. And you include a message about how you're on family leave and look forward to serving them when you return. This was key for me in my business at many different points of my business, but definitely when I was on maternity leave. So I had spent a lot of energy building up my referral network early on in my business, and I was able to ride on the coattails of my former self and completely drop my marketing all during that time and for a substantial amount of time after my son was born as well. Even when I came back from work, I was able to just coast on those referrals and my revenue did not change at all that year. Now, as you want to grow your business, you're going to want to focus on different marketing strategies and not just rely on referrals. However, that is always going to be the foundation, the bread and butter, probably the majority of 
where your leads come from will be referrals, even as your business grows. And presumably, hopefully, those referrals will just increase as your business grows. So make sure if you're start, you know, starting your business, even if you don't plan on having a maternity leave or taking any kind of break anytime soon, that's just going to really support healthy growth in your business and establish yourself, establish your reputation to focus on growing your referral network. And it might come in handy. You never know when you do need to slow down your business or take a break. Number two, have really good automation system set up. How nice would it be to step away from your business and have people referring new clients to you? And when those clients reach out, they are being automatically responded to with an opportunity to schedule an appointment with you when you return, and they're receiving something of value from you. So for me, this was a copy of my ebook. I self-published a book on Amazon in 2018 titled Brand Law, which was a business legal primer for entrepreneurs. I sell the ebook, but I also sent it to people who booked a consult with me in an automatic email. Now, these were not auto replies. They were part of an email automation sequence. So it felt much more like a conversation where I was thanking them for booking a time with me and then providing them with information in the meantime. So with really good systems of automation set up, you can simply log into your client management software, your appointment scheduling software, block out your calendar, and let your software do all of the work of bringing in new leads and responding to those people, making sure they are getting a valuable personal response from you. And then when you come back, you can speak to them in a consultation. Now, of course, depending on your practice area, it may be not practical to, to think that people are going to wait two months to speak with you. However, if you are in a practice area that involves less urgency of the matter, so maybe that's estate planning or um, business law, something like that, as long as you are providing value during that time and they want to work with you. And so the communication that they do have with you and the experience that they've had thus far makes them want to work with you, then they certainly may wait those two months. If you're ready to build and grow a flexible virtual law practice, whether you're going solo for the first time or you have an existing practice, but would like to be able to work less without sacrificing your income, our signature program, The Accelerator, is for you. The Accelerator is a six-month private, done-with-you mentorship program to provide you with the exact steps, strategies, and support that you need to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual law practice. There's honestly nothing else in the marketplace like The Accelerator, and we take a holistic approach to building a flexible law firm around the most important priorities in your life. Our unique combination of training materials, templates, and private mentoring will fast-track your transformation from burnout and missing out to a lawyer who looks forward to Monday mornings. By the end of the program, you will not only have all the information and tools you need to launch your flexible virtual firm, but we will have built out many of the back-end components of your firm together. You'll have a clear, personalized, and actionable business plan to operate and grow your practice with the confidence and support to do it. And last but certainly not least, you'll join a network of like-minded attorneys to grow with. 
Enrollment for the Accelerator is open now at lawyeronyourterms.com slash accelerator. Number three, develop a digital product. So this was a huge factor of just making my second maternity leave as a business owner a lot more, a lot less stressful and a lot more profitable. So in 2019, halfway through 2019, so about 18 months before I went on my second maternity leave, I launched my contract template shop, Contractista. And similar to the effort I put in building up my referral network, when I launched Contractista, I spent a lot of time developing an affiliate program. So for your legal services, and I should note, I intentionally separated these businesses. So I have my IP firm, Brand Law Boutique, and then Contractista is a separate business. Now, when you are dealing with legal services, of course, as you are aware, um, there's a rule against non-attorney fee sharing. So you cannot pay referral fees to people for recommending you. You can just say thank you to them and you can, can pay a referral fee to other lawyers. But my digital contract shop, they are not legal services. It is not a law firm. These are digital products. They're contract templates that people download and they can customize for themselves. So I have an affiliate program for Contractista. And in my affiliate program are a lot of business coaches, website designers, and people who have an audience of individuals who are going to need contract templates. So I spent a lot of time building up that program. And I was also able to really pull back and stop marketing Contractista because those affiliates continued to market in my place. So throughout my maternity leave, I was making income from Contractista, people downloading contracts, not every day, but I would say generally every week and definitely several every month. And so that was very helpful in just creating a buffer and bringing in extra income. All right, now tip number four. Now I need to note this is not something that I did personally, but it is something that I would do this time. So tip number four, batch prepare any long form content or social media posts. Now, I just completely stopped marketing altogether. And when I say I, I would do this differently next time, that's not because I think it was a mistake to do it last time. It worked out perfectly fine for me to stop marketing altogether. The reason that I would do this differently now, if I were to have a third baby or go on leave for any other reason, is a planned leave that is, is because I'm much more consistent with social media right now than I was during my last pregnancy. So if I were to plan another maternity leave, I would definitely be creating batch outlines for social media content to give to my social media manager, and I would be batch recording podcast episodes so we had a bunch ready to go. So whether you have a blog or a podcast or you create videos for your long-form content when it comes to marketing your business, to batch those ahead of time and take that pressure off of yourself so you have a reservoir to pull from will be something that really aids you during a period of leave. Tip number five, hire support. So this is also something that may be very obvious, but it's also going to look very different in every business and every practice area. So I did not do this during my last maternity leave, 
um, which again was fine for the time, but my business looks different now. And I definitely think, you know, depending on what your business looks like, what your work hours are, what the demand is of your practice, that this is a, a no-brainer to really help you during this period of time. So again, this is going to look different in every business and every practice area. Maybe for you, a VA, a virtual assistant, would be enough support during this time. Or maybe if you have a lot of client work and you need to step away for a time, you might need to hire another attorney on a contract basis. Currently, and I'll probably make a separate episode about this in the future, but my team consists of the following people. So first, I have a new partner, my mom, who I've mentioned before. She joined my practice last year. So obviously, if we ever had baby number three, Joan would be doing some heavy lifting with client work. But I did not have her help during my last maternity leave, and that was that was fine. Got through it okay. I also have a podcast manager, a social media manager, and a virtual assistant. So I'm very fortunate now that between all of those people and my strong referral base, I could step away with a, without a lot of stress. But when my son was born, I had no one. I was in between VAs and it was just me. So be aware of the needs of your practice and plan accordingly as much as you can. Now I'm going to tell you how things went when I took this leave and what I would have done differently. So when my son was born, he was two weeks late. That's right. I was induced at 42 weeks. Now, in my mind, he was obviously going to be born right on time. And of course, you know, I thought it would be nice to take two weeks before his due date off before he was born to get the house ready and relax and soak up the last few weeks of my daughter's only childness phase. And I was thinking at the time, well, I have the luxury, you know, to take this time without docking my PTO as a self-employed person, so I should do that. Now, this was all based on the assumption, the false assumption, that he was going to be born on his due date. So this false assumption caused me to take nearly a month off of my business before my son was actually in my arms. Now, I wasn't completely off because I still had client work that I needed to wrap up, but I had my calendar blocked off the two weeks before my due date. And then I had a, the four weeks after my due date blocked off. So I had no consultations. And then when my due date came and went, I think I eventually added back on some availability because, you know, at a certain point, I just started to see the writing on the wall and finally accepted that I was going to be pregnant forever and I should just keep working. So I had planned to take that whole month after he was born off. And then I was going to add on like a day of appointments or something like that. By the time he was two weeks old, I already had calls that were on my calendar waiting for me for when he was supposed to be a month old. And I did take it, and but that was stressful, of course. I remember one of my prospective client calls, and she did become a client. She and I were talking, and she asked how old my son was. And I said he was two weeks, and she kind of gasped and said, like, why are we even on the phone right now? But it was really more impractical planning than workaholism. So I would not be so presumptuous next time. 
And I would also spend more time planning for when I returned. Now, that might sound strange because I think what's obvious is that you need to plan for before and during your leave. But it was really integrating back into my business with an infant at home with me that I wish I planned for more. In terms of work hours, that was fine. He was an amazing napper and would nap for like four to four and a half hour stretches at the absolute perfect time of day. So we would drop off my daughter at preschool, and then we would go to the park and walk around in the stroller, get home by about 9.30, and then he would sleep from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or to 2.30, and then we would go and pick up my daughter. So I certainly can't blame the baby, but I remember being a bit directionless during that time, and I didn't have the energy or the ambition to take on any big new marketing strategies. So I continued to rely on referrals. And financially, my business didn't suffer from it during that season. My 2021 revenue was the same as my 2020 revenue, which was a huge win considering. But I had a pretty consistent feeling that I should be doing more. I should be doing more. I should be doing more. And that was not necessarily true, I just wish that I would have taken the time to be more intentional about that decision to do less during that season so I didn't feel that inadequacy. I wish that it it had been an intentional plan. So that sums up my five tips for taking a self-employed leave of absence and what I would have done differently. I hope this is helpful to you. Remember that sometimes you're not going to have you know, the benefit of a lot of time to plan for something. So some of these things like really focusing on your referral network, building systems of automation and whatnot, that is going to aid you in case the unexpected comes and you unexpectedly need to step away from your business or substantially slow down. If you haven't already signed up to be on our coffee chat list, I would love to have you join us Once a month on the first Wednesday of the month, we come together for a Zoom chat just to network, meet each other, connect with like-minded female lawyers who are also striving to build a flexible practice that is built around their other priorities in life. We always have a wonderful time chatting. It's a free connection call, and you can sign up at www.com lawyeronyourterms.com slash coffee chat. So I hope you'll join us for that. And I hope you will join me next week for another episode of Lawyer on Your Terms. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow. If you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.